Scott and Liam versus Evil. Well, nothing's happened. It's literally been the most uneventful, uneventful week of life. It's, uh, it's just work, 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 work. Give me, give me, work, 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 work. <laughs> Is that a reference to a, a popular musical? Song yeah, well, I, I was, um, I was singing Rihanna. Is um, pretty much how I was doing it. There. Did you not tell? No. Singing, singing's always still. <laughs> um, it's I, nothing has actually happened except I guess I guess we could say that seventy people have died in Greece. That's pretty eventful and sad. <laughs> Pretty heavy going, pretty good way to start an episode about uh, ripping the piss out of movies. Talk about <laughs> dead Greek men. Well, well, actually, we could we could just use that the kind of heat wave that we're having right now in the UK and I think the whole world over to tie it into our podcast and basically what's going to happen. Right? So this is basically right now, we're in like seven or eight weeks of ridiculously hot, right? This is like now getting the hottest summer ever. And experts are saying that it's likely to continue like for another couple of weeks in the UK just this year, but then also continue subsequent years following. And this is global warming. This is global warming that all the fucking politicians with with money um, invested in fossil fuels lied and said doesn't exist. This is the this is the global warming that um, the United States of America and the President Donald Trump says doesn't exist. This is the global warming that will in- increase temperature by one to two degrees over the next, you know, whatever, 10, 20 years, that will have sharks, great white sharks, hunting in Scottish waters, it will have, like, thousands of people dying daily because of the heat. Like, see people who live in high-rise buildings, they're all going to die. Like, literally, there'll be, like, 3,000 people dying in, in the UK, like, in the next couple of weeks. And basically what it is... <laughs> no, listen to me, listen, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. This is the end of the world. This is end of days. And see all that water I was prepping and storing? It's the fucking best thing to take because all the reservoirs are drying up and you fuckers are going to be like, oh, I'm so thirsty. And I'm like, ha, I've got all the water, so fuck yous. And I'm going to be the one kicking about in the Mars-like desert with my fucking sand turbine all over my head covering away for the the, the the desert storms and stuff because you know what we found out today as well or the other day there mars has got water underneath the surface and mars used to look like look, look like earth full of water and full of green and then it all dried up because it was too warm and now it's a desert planet and that's what's going to happen to earth and this is our armageddon happening now i'm telling you see in the next like 30 40 years we'll just be like a desert country a desert planet so Welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil, <laughs> episode seventy-three. I'm Liam, and that man there is getting sectioned. <laughs> I wish I was lying to. I wish I was making it up. I think. I think the uh, the what was it? A thousand people are going to die in the UK over the next few weeks because they're too hot at the top of high rises. Aye. I think that was a slight, ever so slight exaggeration. Just you wait and see how many old people living at the top of high rises pop their clogs, man. It's that. Do you know they? They can also get like down the lift and downstairs, and they can also open a window and, and go where yeah. I open the window. That's where the heat's coming from. I will open the window and shout to somebody a few floors down, or gonna bring us up a fan because I'm, I'm in serious danger of being dead. Argos and Debenhams and H and M and all the rest of the places—they're all sold out of fans. I don't believe that is that is true. I don't that, believe that, 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 that all that of true. Debenhams is sold out of fans. They have. They have. John Lewis as well. And you know what you know what else I believe you're just about to say you don't believe in climate change. No, no, I believe it. I believe in climate change. You I believe in climate yeah. change more than I fucking believe in flat earth. 
Hey, that's fine. Oh shit, that you are trying to oh, spout. That's I just like to um, I just I just like to wind people up with that because see if it's a public post. I just try to see how many comments I can get in before my brother jumps in to try and prove me wrong. <laughs> it's very easy to wind them up. See when see when I watched um, Wanted uh, the film with uh, Angelina Jolie and James McAvoy. I was like, telling what, "Hold on, what fucking tangent have you made?" <laughs> Wait, no, I'm getting there. And, and I was saying, "It's it's actually possible to bend bullets if you if you flick the gun fast enough." And he was, and it used to drive him up the wall because <laughs> we were a bit younger then, and he didn't realise that I was actually winding him up. I was pretending like I really thought you could bend bullets, and he would fucking go mental trying to prove that you couldn't bend bullets. It's brilliant. It's great fun. Were you trying to wind them up, or did you genuinely believe you could bend bullets? And then when science like, proved you wrong, you decided to pretend it was a joke? Well, a bit like the insane clown posse are doing just now, where they're pretending that they were devout Christians the whole time and it was all just a scam? <laughs> I want to ask a question, right? If you get a bullet and put the right twisty lines on it, and the right twisty lines up the, the barrel of the gun, and you flick the gun fast enough, and twist the gun fast enough... Is it possible to bend a bullet? Because see back in like no. the 30s and the 60s, no wait, see back in the 30s and the 60s when footballers were hitting free kicks, they weren't bending the ball, but now the fucking Ronaldo and all the rest of it can send it in three directions at once. So, But at this, the speed of the bullets going, like you couldn't bend that round. That's corner. what I'm saying, but if you had a machine. If you had a machine that defied the laws of time, no, if you not had, time, it's if, the light, the speed of light. If, if you had a machine that that made that made the barrel move fast enough or in the right direction to bend the bullet. Seventy three episodes in, and you finally lost the fucking plot. <laughs> we, we are we are all, almost seven eight seven minutes into this episode, and we've not even talked about what movie we're doing. You've not even into, fucking introduced yourself, and yeah. So well done, seventy three episodes. That's it for Scotland versus Evil. I'll be back next week with my <laughs> podcast, Liam, <laughs> and Scott will be in a home. <laughs> Do you know what? People need to start listening to me. No, they don't. <laughs> In fact, this episode will contain spoilers for the movie that we're going to talk about. And also, as a forewarning, don't ever listen to anything Scott says. Anything in this episode that he suggests you do, like prep, is wrong. <laughs> All wrong. I'll tell you, yeah, you could just like uh, live a calm and peaceful existence people just don't just stay asleep by the way i see a couple of that are woke now you fuckers you start listening to me because right now you need to start prepping water dry food canned food um some weapons if you can get it plan an escape route a bug out bag have a second residence that you're going to go to and know what you're going to do and i tell you see if the, the, the armageddon does happen and people start to, to, to try and escape and go somewhere avoid the crowds don't go there wait until your neighborhood is fully empty and then scavenge everybody's house and see what they got up to and see what they're <laughs> Where, where is your second residence? I'm not telling you. But if you, Why? If you don't, that's what I'm going to do. No, hold on, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in my car, drive to the other side of Glasgow, just to steal your fucking water. I've got a 24 hour ASDA at the bottom of the hill. I think I'll be fine. Hi, when the world was to shit that 24 hour ASDA, they're going to be there. But um, my second residence. No, because everyone, everyone will avoid it because ASDA's always mobbed. And at the end of the world, they'll be like, ah, oh fuck, I'll be super busy and they'll avoid it. <laughs> and I'll be in there getting all the water. Telling you, this is this is gonna be a real thing that happens at some point, and you'll all be laughing then. Not in your lifetime, <laughs> possibly in mine. So today it was Scott's pick, and he has chosen hopefully a film that's not about the end of the world or doomsday prepping or climate change or the movie Wanted with James McAvoy and 
Angelina Jolie. I'm sure, what film have you I'm sure I'll be able to. I'm sure I'll be able to bring any one of those things in at some point during this uh, discussion. But I have chosen the Ritual from 2017, directed by David Bruckner, uh, written by Joe Barton and Adam Neville, who wrote the original novel, and it stars Rafi Spall. Is that how you say his name? Rafe Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall. So yeah. <laughs> not at all. I'm becoming more and more like Duncan. Rafi. <laughs> <laughs> Rafi Spall <laughs> Rafi Spall It was a good, good, good try <laughs> Arsha Ali James Collier Robert James Collier and Anorman uh, The synopsis is A group of college friends reunite for a trip to the forest but encounter a menacing presence in the woods that's stalking them Why did you choose this? I chose this because I fancied it since I seen it come out. Um, I knew it had been uploaded to Amazon, so it was easily attainable. And because I also like everything that Reef Spall is in, including his name, including his name, because I can say it properly. <laughs> I'm going to refer to him as Rafi Spall this entire episode. So, so was this a first time watch for you for this episode? This was a, a first time watch. Yes, it was for me as well, and I was actually quite excited when you chose it because I've been like. It seems weird to say I've been looking for an excuse to watch it for a while because surely just wanting to watch it is enough excuse. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fully with you because I, I was keep putting it off. Yeah. Don't you think that when we meet up, it's actually getting harder now to have a good time? Do you really want to go hiking? A little hiking for fun? Yeah. In fucking Sweden? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Where the fuck is it? Huh? There's more! <laughs> Stop fucking crying! Now fucking move! Give me your wallet. Rob would have loved this place. It wasn't your fault, mate. You know what they have on walking trails in England? Pubs. We go southwest through here. We cut the journey in half. Or through the forest. Hand job in one of those once at a festival. Thanks, Phil. What a beautiful story. <laughs> what could do that? Bear? Do bears do that? I don't know, Dominic. I'm not a fucking bear expert. Still bleeding. But we should go. Should have gone to Vegas. <laughs> I woke up last night and look at this. Nothing has done that to you. You've done it to yourself. Listen, mate, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. No, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Fucking coward. There's something up there in those woods. Something fucking big. Oh, my God. What is that? It's a warning. Well, this is clearly the house we'll get murdered in. We need to get out of here. They're hunting us. Ah! What the hell do they want? We're going to have to run. Oh, my God! One, two, three. Thank you. Uh, so... Do you want to just get straight into uh, Rafi Spall's movie, The Ritual? <laughs> Rafi Spall's, yeah. 
<laughs> or should we? Oh, I've got a couple of reviews from IMDb that I like. Should we start off with that? Or should yeah. we keep them to the end? No, I I like. Well, it's up. To, I don't know. It's up to yourself. Yeah, well, let's go for it. Right. So this one is by uh, Peter. 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 <laughs> Peter. I can only assume his name is John. <laughs> uh, he gave it seven out of ten, and he said, "As a film, I really enjoyed it." I don't know what he. <laughs> as a as a food, I did not. Uh, kind of creepy, and it was well executed from cast to photo, from cast to photo to everything. Not a fucking clue what that means. Only thing I oppose as a Swede is the image of the Swedish woods as something scary. It really isn't. I'm sorry to say. I have spent a good many nights there in tents and cabins, and I am pretty well educated about the folklore. Not educated about spelling. <laughs> this one turns into something that is real non-Scandinavian non in terms of that. None of the rituals or creatures have nothing to do with actual lore. Sure, they speak about Norse figures like the children of Loki, but that is just silly. As a fright flick, though, it is good. And for you to know, we do have scary creatures in the woods, but we who live here know them, and they look like nothing is projected here. Come and see. So Peter, Peter, Peter has <laughs> took his 7 out of 10 rating and turned it into an advert for Sweden. I like how um, Swedish woods aren't scary, as opposed to any other woods in any other, other country. <laughs> yeah, because the Swedish, uh, Swedish, Swedish, Swedish. Swedish woods are totally neutral. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, no, there's nothing offensive there. That's Swiss woods, is it not? I think Sweden was neutral as well. Are they? Uh, do you know what? We're going to offend everyone anyway, so we might as well just die. <laughs> uh, the next one is a 10 out of 10 review from Alterito. This movie is awesome! It's Mononoke Heim. It's what? I don't have... <laughs> Mononoke Heim. Okay. I do not have a fucking clue what that's even meant to be. Horrified with credible characters and a dark storyline. I don't know what the other reviewers consider a good horror movie these days, but for someone who is excited about The Void, this is a masterpiece with amazing character design. <laughs> I dare say it's one of the best monster movies I've seen, ever. I mean, top 10, not joking. I liked it that much, I probably liked it more than the director. <laughs> Whoa, heavy. <laughs> From Derp, 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 Sweet. I had... <sighs> Usernames, is, man. Is Derp a real name? Like, I know that's like a, a joke name, like for one of the wee memes, but. Oh no, I'm thinking of Derp, aren't I? Yeah, okay. Derp. Oh, Derp, Derp sounds like a name as well. The film is rather good, where focus is on a good story and acting rather than CGI effects. But why didn't the makers do it properly while they were at it? Why film it in Romania rather than actually record it in the real Sarek or elsewhere in the north of Sweden? Perhaps even some real Swedes playing parts instead of whoever they were. Slightly racist. This guy only wants Swedish folk in the movie. Uh, myself, being Swedish, or really, with some genuine experience of the Kungsleden Trail, I instantly noticed that the terrain was off. And the guys, what were they thinking? Going to Kungsleden means that you need to be prepared, but they weren't. No IFAC or med kit. It fucking sounds like you, by the way. No aspirin. <laughs> no worn-in shoes. Only one compass and map. Map. None of them seemed to have any outdoor experience whatsoever. Perhaps that was supposed to be part of the story, but it was too much rookie stuff, so it went sideways instead. I won't see it again, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, what he's described is exactly d definite to for the point. It is exactly a uh, testament to the plot of the story that all those factors were part of the hiking trip. 
what, what he wanted with a movie about Sweden by Swedes, starring only Swedes, where they're all excellently prepared to get through the woods just fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is from Wolfboy666. I have been excited for this movie since I found out that it was directed by David Bruckner, person behind the best segment in the movie VHS, which I think it was a masterwork of horror. And with that being said, I think it's fair to say that this movie was very well directed, but it could have been so much more if it didn't have such a poor script. <laughs> As for flaws with the movie, despite the bad script, I found some performances that were not so great, that were not so great. The third half of the movie, the third <laughs> half of the movie, is, <laughs> is terrible. It's like they just explain to you everything that is happening. They show the monster and I think the movie lost all the scary factor in that part. There is some cheap jump scares, you know, loud sounds and things happening that aren't really scary or fit in the concept. Just things that were thrown in there to make you go, ah. <laughs> and it doesn't really work. As for the good parts of the movie, I had a scary experience watching the first two half of this movie. I think the dream scenes worked very well, the cinematography was great and most of the actors did pretty well. In conclusion, I think the movie is still worth watching despite all the flaws and waste of a talented director. It is a decent movie. Not bad, but definitely not good. <laughs> wow. So, IMDb, ladies and gentlemen. I love it. It really goes to show you how many people are actually in the world when you read IMDb reviews. <laughs> there are actually people out there who are stupider than <laughs> anyone you've ever met in yeah. your real life. Yeah. Do you think it is just a group of trolls that just try and just post the most ridiculous nonsense i don't know i think i think a lot of these people and like are are real i think they are because i think it's been happening before like even calling them trolls was a real thing you know youtube comments way back in the day like the start of youtube there was always always morons and really 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 bad morons at that and i bet you every one of them are prepping water and rice in the <laughs> cupboard upstairs uh, so mm -hmm. did, did we give a synopsis uh yes did we give a synopsis yeah, because we did that and we're about to get the notes and I say that on fact I've got reviews. I think you just, no, you just uh, said when it, when it was made and who, who was in it. I'm almost positive that it was saying. I'll do it again and see if it's saying I have done it. I'm keeping this in so you pointed out that I'd never done the synopsis because you were only fucking listening. <laughs> uh, the synopsis for the ritual is a group of college friends reunite for a trip to the forest but encounter a menacing presence in the woods that's stalking them. Is that it? That's it. Right, so you it's probably... It's IMDB. Of course that's... Right. <laughs> you probably did say that. It's just because obviously my first couple of, couple of notes are nothing to do with in the forest and I thought maybe that was set up in the in the uh, the um, synopsis. But obviously it's not. So basically what we'll do is just fully spoil it because that's what we do here. All right? So spoiler <laughs> alert, spoiler alert. And uh, yeah, let's just go into the notes. So my first note is uh, that robbery scene is brutal. In real life, being in both positions would be absolutely horrible. Now, to explain what that is, it's the boys. So, there's, is, there, is there five of them or six of them? There are... At the very start. Five of them. Right. Five of them. Right. So, there's five of them at the very start, and they are discussing what appears to be where they will go for this year's guys' holiday. Um, I don't know if they are they take turns each at picking, because yeah. they, um, they, they each throw in a couple of different ideas, but the one of the main boys suggests hiking. Through Switzerland, uh, Sweden, because you've seen that you heard of this fancy trail. Uh, you said it in one of the uh, reviews. I can't remember what it's actually called. Um, Eisengard kind, or something. Kind or something. Yeah. Aye. I don't think it's Eisengard. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And so so he's like up for that and they're like, ah, fucking sack that man, I want to go to Amsterdam and get fucked up. So they can't decide where they're going. And they start walking, they leave the pub and they're walking home. And this is when Rafe spalls, ah, I'm going to get a bottle of vodka because that's what you do in the way home. And now I'm assuming they're going home reasonably early because basically he's he's wanting to keep partying. And the other four or the other three are like, now nah, we've got work or I've got a wife or, you know, they're all getting older. And that's the whole point. They're getting older. They're not lads anymore. They're, they're actually they're supposed to be grown ups. So it's harder to do the trip away. And it's and but race balls kind of probably the most immature one in terms of where he is in his life. Uh, Part because he still obviously want to grab the bottle of vodka. Either that or he's a raging alcoholic, but I think it's meant to be that he's still kind of <laughs> he's still the one that's kind of left behind in terms of progressing in life. So for some reason, seriously, seriously overanalyzing a vodka by there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for some for some reason they go to walk in the shop and he says, "Oh, won't somebody come in with me?" And they all just stand up saying, "Oh no, we're all going to stand outside." And then eventually one guy goes, "Right, fine, I'll come in with you." But it, like actually, I keep putting it to like walking past one of the shops in Sucky Hall Street and being like, maybe Sucky Hall Street's a busier street so this scenario wouldn't actually happen but like, you either all would just come in and dote about inside the shop or you just would already have a bottle of vodka in your house, prepared for you, want to tan it when you get home on your own but, Or you just go in the shop yourself and yeah, buy it because you're like a fucking 35 year old man and you're allowed to do that aye. Uh, so they go in the shop and they're still no. This is when this it, it sets up a scene where Rafe and um, I, I can't remember. Let's call him Jimmy. It sets up a scene where Rafe and Jimmy can stand and Jimmy can say again. And he says, "Do you actually want to go hiking in Sweden?" And he says, "I know. I really, really would like it. It would be really good fun, really good time." And this is when they notice that the shopkeeper is like tied up behind the counter, like terrified. And then uh, robbers come out like the back room and. They're like, I think there's three of them, and they they look, I don't know, they look like a kind of biker style bad guy, and they, uh, I think they were they threatening, still threatening the women behind the counter. They're trying to get more money and whatever. And Reese Balkin, I just thinks, fuck, yeah. walks to the end of the island, hides, but they notice Jimmy, and uh, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, whose name is Robert, by the way. Oh, right, okay, right, okay, right. <laughs> so, they, so, so they, so they notice Robert, and. Uh, then they have an interaction where they take his wallet and his phone and whatever else, and uh, Rafe's hiding behind the thing. And he's kind of you can see him watching, thinking like he's holding the bottle of vodka as if he's going to do something, but he he doesn't. Um, and then they say to Robert, "Give us the give us your wedding ring, or give us the ring, and it is his wedding ring." And he's like, "No, I'm I, I'm not giving you that." Uh, and then they just absolutely kick his curtain, one of them kicks his curtain, or bats his head in, I guess you'd say, rather than his curtain. You, you're married in that position. Do you hand the ring over, or do you, you stand your ground and fight for that ring? I think I would I would fight for the ring, to be perfectly honest with you. But I was thinking the exact same thing when it was happening, and I was like, in terms of worth, like, my actual ring, because I didn't, I didn't go for a big fancy one, it's not worth anything. Like, it literally is not worth anything, but it's worth everything to me. So I would literally say, look, I've gave you my cards. I'll tell you my pin number if you just leave me, you know, leave me with the, the ring. Could you not just be like, right, here's the ring, and then go and replace it and never ever tell long? No, it's not the same because all everybody at the wedding you all held it in your hands. It's got that special sentiment, and it's engraved on the inside. And you you just pretend that I know it's, it's been done. I know it's I know. Or just put it in an envelope, and post it to everybody again, get them all to touch it, and send no, it around the world. No, it's not. It's because it's definitely it's not the same. I mean. I think I don't know when I would say that's like that. Okay, the end of the line, you can have it. Obviously, to this scenario in this film, Robert gets killed. 
which is the whole. At the point the guy swings a machete at my head, I give him the ring. He, he's, he, that first hit, there's not a finite line between that. But honestly, I would, I would, I would try and like talk to them, or I would just like. <laughs> You're going to be so no, good at the end of the world. Honestly, You'll try and talk to them. Honestly, no, honestly, I'm, I'm really good at um, talking. This part is fully like 90% of my job, so I think I'd be quite good at it. And then the other part of my job is um, tackling folks on the ground. So if he doesn't listen to me, I'm just going to, you know, take him out. Talking and tackling to the ground are two things that I know you're not good at. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, you, come in, you come into my work, start kicking off and you'll see. <laughs> Right, okay. Uh, so I so he gets macheted in the head, and it is like you say, it's absolutely brutal. Yeah. It's such a, I kind of like the movement of his head seems too quick yeah. to be a natural movement. Yeah, that it kind of really ups the brutality, and that's what kind of then hooked me into watching this. Like, oh fuck, that's in the first three or four minutes. I can't believe they went that hard that quick. This is going to be good. So we then wake up, uh, and it's Raffy Spals. Uh, he's been having a dream or a flashback to that night, mm-hmm. and it's meant to be what, like the year after, but it's the anniversary. Uh, of... No, uh, six months. It was they say it in the thing. Oh, is it? Aye. So this is. Real. So they've just went the trip they were planning on that night. They've just went for it, and Raffy Spals convinced them all to go to Sweden because that's what Robert wanted, and obviously, Robert's dead. So, Aye. so he wakes up in the tent, and they're all there and the movie kind of begins and you get introduced to well you don't get introduced to the you kind of go deeper into the story of all these lads 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 yeah would you go hiking like proper hiking in general yeah fuck yeah like to another country hiking yeah i would need to build up a base level of fitness first because uh, right now i couldn't hike to i couldn't hike down the stairs uh, but if I if I was fit, then yeah, a million percent. Would you not? I think so. I I've been wanting to go like wild camping for fucking ages. So I, I definitely would go hiking. I think it'd be pretty cool. Scott, we can't get you tied down to record a fucking hour episode. That's never meant. Never meant go wild camping. <laughs> it's hard work, man. Being alive. I know. Between working and prepping, <laughs> <laughs> fighting, fighting, fighting robbers for your wedding ring. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I just spend all my free time perched out in a, in a wee hidey hole I've got in my attic, just looking at the neighbours, just waiting to see what one's coming for my stuff. Um, <laughs> do, you have, do you have a neighbour that you think would be the first ones to come for your stuff? Oh, I know who I'm watching, I definitely. Right, take them out now. <laughs> well, not, not right now, but like, see, in the next kind of week or two, just poison them. Poison. Because if it's coming, then you bet you just get one up. If it's coming anyway, then you've got to take them out. Just play them in the Russians. They love poison for these days. They fucking do, man. Right, the, the pre- see the premise for this movie, why they went hiking in the first place, that's horrific enough. Like, if you one of your close friends dies and then you're doing, like, their idea to honour them, that's, I mean, that's quite a way heavy in your heart. And obviously, the whole idea that we're following Rafe Spall as the main character and because he was in the shop and he was watching it happen and didn't stand up to help. Although, see, realistically, in this situation, if he had let, if he came, behind, came out from behind that, Shelf, he would have been dead as well. That's like that's literally how that is. He would also be dead. But would he? Because if he came out and you kind of confronted them with two guys, they might be more inclined to blow that or he might fuck us and just back off. Was it? Was it I, only two guys that was robbing the shop? It was only. It was only two guys. And uh, if 
Rafi Spal had come out for the side, he would be facing them so he would see any attack coming, unlike Robert. So I think it would have been better if he had come out. It could have chased them away. I guess I suppose if you come from the back of that thing, you could have just rushed them or at least ran out, ran out the shop and shouted to your three pals that are waiting outside, help. Yeah. In fact, how did... I suppose they came in the back though, didn't they? I was going to say, how did the two pals no see them running into I the know. shop with a big blade? I, I, they were already in, the robbers were already in the shop, but they probably left out the left, ran out the front door, but then if you're standing outside and then the two folk just bolt out the shop and run away, you'd be like, what the fuck's going on here? And then you go into the shop and find your pal deed. But anyway, right. It's always, it's always shit. <laughs> right, so, <laughs> aye, so that, that premise is, is horrific enough. And then, um, if, the, if the movie was just like a survival movie, say they just got lost in the wilderness, that again would be a horrific horror movie. But uh, at this point in my notes, I'm like, I'm sure this is a supernatural movie, so I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, I, I enjoyed kind of this bit. I thought some of the character building was a wee bit, it was too, lads, lads, lads. Yeah. And it annoyed me a bit because I, I, I then kind of, I didn't really like any of them. Like, it, it didn't really make me warm to any of them. So I wasn't too bored with what would happen to them a bit later on in the film. I was okay with them. I mean, the guy who's who eventually becomes so annoying and whiny, I I, I hated him. But then I think that's the point, though, because that's that's who his character is. But the guy who was like almost in charge, who wasn't Ray Spall, um, I didn't mind him. I thought he was a bit of an arrogant kind of prick. Aye, but I didn't mind him. <laughs> uh, but it's still it's still good. The way this is then shot when it's following them through the woods, just. They're slagging each other, they're swearing, they're just kind of being guys. Uh, the cinematography, and I know it wasn't filmed in Sweden, but it makes fake Sweden look fucking brilliant. <laughs> it, it looks so good. I've got, a, I've got a quote here from the start of the movie when they're obviously walking through. This is after the part, they climb a hill or whatever, and, they, and there's a, a cairn. I don't know what you call it in Sweden. Uh, I don't even know what you call it in England or America, but a cairn is like a big pile of rocks that marks something either usually the top of the hill or a memorial. In this case, it's a memorial and they put pictures of Robert and they take a drink and they pour, it all, they pour the drinks to him and whatever else. And th- this is obviously where they set up that Rafe's ball fuels incredible guilt for what happened, even though it's not really his fault, but it kind of is his fault at the same time. But after they leave there, they're walking away and um, I think it's Dom that's moaning and he's like, we should have gone to Vegas. Oh, this is after he falls and he, he hurts his ankle because fucking typical fat guy with glasses is just the fucking weak one of the bunch and he injures his ankle and he can't uh, he can't walk or he's, he, he can walk but he's moaning that he can't walk so he's obviously putting a hindrance on the group travelling but then they see him he's like I should've got, we should have gone to Vegas and somebody's like I, I'd have found somebody to fall over in Vegas too mate he's like yeah a massive pile of tits <laughs> <laughs> Did that tickle you Scott? I did I thought it was funny yeah <laughs> Imagine falling over a massive pile of tits. Yeah, I just hope they're still like soft landing. attached to bodies. <laughs> as, as opposed to a, an entire corner of uh, mutilated, uh, or what do you call it? What do you call it when you get something taken off you? Uh, amputated. Amputated, amputated tits. Big, 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 like the, like the big uh, pit with all the needles in it and saw too, but it's just a big pit full of tits. <laughs> A tip pit. A tip pit, if you will. It's a good name for uh, uh, struggles. <laughs> the tip pit. <laughs> the, 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 the tip pit. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's quite nasty, like the like the vampire bar in, from Dust Till Dawn, yeah. except just fart tits. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. 
Right, um, <laughs> oh, we're, right, okay. So th- this is where a scene where because he's sprained his ankle, they look at the map or the 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 guy who's kind of leading the group, the arrogant one, is like decides there's a shortcut to get back to the main road, and they think because he can't walk, he says he can't walk back, and it's going to take them ages to walk forward. Um, so shortcut through, we get to the town, and we get help for you and your straight ankle. And uh, this scene is reminiscent of Stand by Me, where they uh-huh. where they get so far and they're like, should we cut through the woods? And uh, Vivian's like, I think we should stick to the tracks. You don't know what's in those woods. And uh, he was right in this situation as well because they did not know what was in those woods. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody knew what was in those <laughs> woods. But do you not think there's something infinitely more sinister about being lost in the woods as opposed to when they were lost, technically lost a bit before when it was like a big open field? Uh, I suppose yeah because in the open field you can kind of see all your surroundings yeah. like if somebody is going to come at you you can see them coming in the woods you can't because they can be like sneaky hiding behind trees yeah the the sprained ankle guy is annoying as fuck I said I'd leave yeah. him I just leave him <laughs> I, I actually I'm not, I'm not joking I had Dom reminds me of Scott <laughs> <laughs> what what the fuck guy with glasses cheers I, no, I think it was just the glasses. I just thought, oh, if that was us, well, that would be Scott, because was, he's got glasses. I was literally, my next, my note actually says, who would that be in our pals? So thanks very much. I would say that <laughs> I'd be, I'd be Ray Spall. And if I'm playing Ray Spall. You're always, you're always going to make yourself the lead guy. <laughs> oh, technically then you're the guy that caused the death of your pal. And I can believe that, the fact that you wouldn't give your wedding ring, so you're quite stubborn. So, yeah, that, that, maybe that would be you in the group. Ray Spall. Rafi Spall. Yeah, Rafi Spall. Hi. Who would that be? Um, he'd be the guy that gets killed in the, in the shop that I let, that I let die. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, you would be the guy that uh, wakes up na- naked. Uh, in fact, you either got to be the guy who pisses yourself because you do that often enough or the guy who's training <laughs> in, in the big statue in the nude. I resent that accusation. <laughs> However <laughs> true it may be, but alright, okay. Uh, you'd definitely be the wee, the wee specky one. <laughs> so, I, so, so they're lost, and they've tried to take a shortcut, which is the stupidest thing to do if the wee guy with the glasses on has fallen. Just stick to the path. You know the path's going to get you there. Yep. So they walk through the trees, and... They start well. Shit starts hitting the fan. Well, they find a they find a random cabin and they break into it. And I was like, "Is this is this another one of Liam's movies? Is it their fault for breaking in?" <laughs> well, technically, I didn't even think of it, but it is their fault for breaking in. Because this is what this is the cabin that's got the kind of big weird statue with the antlers for horns that's getting their head, isn't it? In fact, yeah. Not not only did they break in, and the owner of the cabin didn't invite them in or lure them in, but they actually made it so overtly creepy that you should avoid it that it's one million percent the four guys fault for walking in yeah I'm adding that to the list <laughs> now there's a there's a line in this because it's a shortcut and about how it's not going to be an easy shortcut it's going to be difficult terrain and it's it's like there's they I can't remember how they put it in the movie but basically it's the same line that's in the movie Road Trip and then the movie Road Trip it's so much better and he's like it's called a shortcut for a reason if it was easy it would just be the way and uh, I like it and as a Road Trip say the best they try to do it, but they don't. And this they say, uh, if it was easy, if it was a shortcut, it would be called the route. Aye. So it's just blatant copying, plagiarism. 
road trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the textbook movie that most other movies go to to, <laughs> to steal. So this is they they go to sleep in this cabin because it's is it, I don't know if it's pushing down the rain at this point, but it's certainly cold because it's night. And they go to sleep in the cabin. It's the big creepy statue in the corner, and they think, "No, nah, fuck it, we'll sleep anyway." And then this is then we get another flashback to one of Rafe's dreams. He's, he keeps dreaming about the night his friend died in the shop, which is kind of fine. You plot you would have you not only would you have you survivor's guilt, you would have guilt that you're the re- you didn't do anything to help your friend. Also, the fact that he's seen his friend getting like murdered and feeling the blame from his other friends too. Whether they actually feel it or not, he's, he feels the blame, and it turns out that the, the others do kind of blame him for, to a, to a point. You would keep dreaming about that. You would have nightmares about that night all the time. Yeah, all things considered, uh, after all of that, is actually quite good that he's managing to get asleep at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is when they wake up, and they wake up in the morning. Rafe's ball wakes up outside, like he's like he's uh, he's dreaming he's in the shop, but then the shop all breaks away, and he's in the woods, and then there's something kind of chasing him, but he's not sure what it was, and he wakes up. And I think he kind of got a glimpse of something moving, or or he just feels that he's seen it, and it's just loud noises, and it's quite creepy and scary. But he's got like a like a like five minute, like claw marks that poke through his skin, kind of thing, or or like a, a symbol scratched into his chest, uh-huh. and um, he comes running back. He covers it up with his t-shirt or whatever it is, um, his jacket, and he runs back into the house, and then he finds a. Uh, he wakes up his pal, the arrogant one, who wakes up and he's had a crazy dream. He's pissed himself through the night. Um, Dom's like shiting himself in the corner. I think he's still asleep or whatever. And then they find the other friend, who I forget his name, is up up in front of the headless statue in the nude, praying to it. But he's also asleep. But he's that's where he's his body's positioned, and it's just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that is where the shit hits the fan, and just the whole thing turns into like a kind of nightmare. Nightmare. I am fucking horrible at speaking to <laughs> uh, It turns out there's some nightmare fever dream. Uh, th- this is, I think it's like the first lingering wood shot when Rafi Sparrow's looking at the woods where you think he sees something. It's just like a slow pan through trees. Yeah. And they do that with a lot of the transitions. Like yeah. as they're walking, it's slow pan and then it's as if it's a continuous shot. But it's fucking really really well done yeah I, I think if it wasn't for that and the way it looks this movie would have fell way further down my kind of score sheet than it actually does that i think is somebody that's such strong imagery that it really holds the kind of slightly weak character development yeah. especially from like for the next kind of for the second and third half of the film uh, when the scares and that come, it gets better, but it's just the characters feel a wee bit weak at this point, and you just you don't really care because the movie looks so fucking good. Yeah, oh, I absolutely. And I think one of the parts there about saying the characters are weak is when they leave the cabin in the morning. Um, the, the arrogant guy's kind of saying, We need to f- go back to the, the main road, that's where we know where we're heading the right way that way. Um, and then, but the guy with the broken ankle, the annoying Dom, is like, oh, it's not even a broken ankle, it's barely sprained. He's actually some money fucker. And he's like, he just sees a path and says, oh, that's a path, so that's that's fine. There must be people there, we're going this way. And it's kind of weak in the way that he wouldn't command that group. Like, there's another two stronger characters there who have more, like, I don't know how, how to put it, like, to say, and I don't mean it's like, like, violence would win out, but, like, just to know that if it got to it and Dom says we're going this way and then arrogant guy says no we're going this way, arrogant guy would kick Dom's cunt in, so they go with <laughs> guy. Like that's that is yeah. 
you know, when there's only four of them and that's it, there's nothing else. It's only the four of them fending for themselves to get out alive. That, yeah, like now, now for male reigns supreme. Yeah, yeah, but they all listen to Dom and follow that fucking stupid path. That's why I thought you'd be the guy with the glasses. See, I'm no, I'm, I'd be bare girls in this scenario. I would get a zoot. What fake everything for TV? <laughs> Take me in a helicopter, film your TV, and then get back in the helicopter. I won't actually walk anywhere. Yeah, fuck you, bare girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I start, start a bare girls flame war. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they, they, they start walking further into the woods and they, they do kind of get lost because the path becomes weaker to follow and they're just kind of stoning about in fully thick thick woods and um, like so I say, somebody needs to pull Dom off and think he's in charge he's taking them down a random path and mourning about his injury but then they start to like race balls like that no I think we need to go the proper way or like follow whatever arrogant guy he's saying we should go southwest and follow that path or like, go that way this is when Dom starts to lose it and, and put blame on Rafe for how Robert died and I, I just thought like I don't think I would blame a friend for getting another friend killed like see if that see if that was us right and we had two friends in that shop and only one of them came out because one of them got killed I don't think I would blame the person that survived but I think that it would it would definitely happen that you would replay potential scenarios in your head where it becomes easy to stand up and be the hero but reality is completely different. Like it's very easy in your head to be like, "Oh, I know, I would just run out and I would like tackle that guy and drop kick the other guy, and then I would rescue the woman and I would walk out to a hero's reception." But in reality, people, like, I actually, I actually could die here. Like, fuck, what am I actually going yeah. to do? We we are prime examples of that. The fact that every year at Fright Fest, we're like, what we'll do is we'll see this movie and then we'll go and get a bottle of wine and we'll drink with that director and have a party with that actor. And then when it actually comes out, we drink ourselves and <laughs> I, so, hide in the corner. Yeah. So that's like, we, we can't even get the courage to talk to human beings, let alone fight them and <laughs> stop, stop them from killing us, you know? <laughs> but, right, so this is, I had thought um, that, that it's potentially feeding off fear, whatever it was, because we don't know what it is yet, but it's like, you start to think that as, as his kind of dreams of thinking it back, is his guilt, is that like... Um, is the is the creature in the woods doing that to him? You know, like making him relive this to to, to scare him, or you know, like I, I wasn't entirely sure if that. I don't know how that plays out later on in my notes, but this is what I thought at the, at the time. I also said I would watch that uh, that money fucker in the nose and all. <laughs> this is after uh, I think uh, Dom gets a gets a punch for being a money fucker. <laughs> hey, I I think at this point I was starting to think. Is this going to be like the Babadook, where the monster is just, and spoiler for the Babadook, the monster is just kind of a metaphor for depression? I thought, is this big monster thing, or the, whatever it is that's in the woods, whatever the, the, the thing is that's preying on their fear, is that just a metaphor for his guilt? And at the end of this, it's going to all be in his head, and all guilt can get you. I thought, if that's what happens, that's going to be really fucking weak. Mm. And I'm sure maybe maybe in some ways it actually is meant to be that. Yeah. But I, I like to think, kind of more practically, I like to think that what is what actually comes at the end is real. Yeah. In I, this world, I think I think that that is the case because there's other characters that appear later on in the movie that that would say that it's it's actually happening. Um, but so, so this is uh, do they, uh, they go to sleep again? They go to sleep. This is when it says pushing rain in the neat camp because they need to build their tents and camp. And, uh, and yeah, so I so he has another dream during this, and he wakes up, and he's like in the, he's in the, uh, he climbs out his tent in the middle of the night, and it's the, he's in the shop, 
and the shop starts breaking away and be the woods again, so he hides in his tent. And I think, did we hear screaming or whatnot? Anyway, we come out, and yeah. I, I figured out the other guy, who we've not really named, is called Hutch. Is this when he disappears? And uh, I say there's elements of Blair Witch, you know, when, when Hutch gets taken, because he's like you can just hear him screaming in the distance, you know, like in Blair Witch when Josh gets taken, and they run out of tents, he's just missing, but they can hear him screaming somewhere, and they don't know what direction he's in or how to get him, and it just must be disorientating and terrifying. Like, if you imagine it in real life, it would be, you know, horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if, yeah, they go and try and find him, and... They find earlier on, remember in the woods, they, they walked up against it was a big uh, a deer or a big stag that had been pinned against the branches and ripped like apart and hung up in the branches. Yeah. Um, so, th- so they again see this again, and it's their friend Hutch who has been pinned up against like six branches up in these really thick trees, and he's just hanging there dead. And uh, so they uh, they get him down, and this is again where uh, the guy Dom, he's such a moany bastard. He thinks he's the one keeping it together, but he's making terribly unlogical decisions. He's like, Rafe spoils that, right, we need, to, we need to go, we need to fucking get out of here. Whatever the hell is, picked him up and hung him like 12 feet up in that tree. We need to get fucking out of here. And Dom's like, no, 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 we can't leave him, we need to take him. Like, look, it's a dead body, I get it, We're, you know, it's like, it's our friend, but it's not anymore. We need to get out of here and send somebody back. What the fuck, yeah. you can barely walk on a sprained ankle and you want to carry a body fucking out of the woods. I think this, is, like, this would be better if you see the making that decision that we need to bury him was down to somebody else. It's as if they've made, they've put all the shitty decisions on the Dom character. Yeah. And they've made, like, the the kind of guy that's in the lead, they made all the, like, just mean decisions. They've basically made everyone an extreme rather than kind of balancing it out where maybe that guy is a bit of a dick but he's he's got intelligent decisions and maybe that guy is a money bastard but actually what he's doing is quite intelligent. Like, they they should have balanced it out a bit better. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it seems a wee bit flat that it is just like kind of caricatures the the, the, the fun one the boring one the, the mad one and then the the other guy the guy gets killed first because he is literally just the other guy yeah I yeah pretty much I and that is that that's kind of like it's like you get your basic story and it's just obviously you've not meted out your characters and that's what you've that's what it's done there and it does kind of weaken yeah. it slightly but um, not too much now I've got a question for you again right how long being lost in the woods before you start to panic? Creepy shit notwithstanding. Uh, as in, so nothing creepy had happened nothing, at all. Nothing creepy. Be... How long would you have been lost in the woods before you would start to panic? Uh, probably the, f- the second time I thought I knew where I was going and it turned out not to be where I was going. That's when I started to freak out. Because it would definitely happen once because my brain is fucking mush now. <laughs> but... If it happened twice, then I'd be like, all right, shit, son's definitely going down. What would you, what about you? I know, I'd probably, I'd probably kind of go with that as well. I I think, you would think that there's only so long you can walk into the woods before you're walking out again, but if you're in a proper big, big woods, then I, like, you could get disorientated and lost very, very quickly. So I, I, I'd start to properly panic. What would you do, though? Like, because obviously you've been prepping in that, but when you're lost in the woods, you've not got any of your shit there, so... Where do you go? How, how how do you solve it and how do you get out of the woods? Well, first what I'd do is find a wee pool of water and I'd get a, a, a wee strand of metal and a leaf and then I'd make a compass. And then what I would do is um, build a, a shelter, build a hut uh, with a fire pit and a chimney so I had somewhere to stay. And then what I would do is um, uh, catch, a, catch a deer so I could eat something. 
and uh, then what I would do your bare hands. Uh, yep, and then I would get a bit of metal <laughs> and uh, use it to, uh, to reflect the sun and uh, get the attention of a plane flying overhead. <sighs> Realistically, I would just crawl into a ball and cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the answer I was expecting. <laughs> uh, so they, they come across this wee puddle and they start drinking this dirty water, but then they notice that there's something nearby. Is it another cabin? I can't remember, but there's there's footprints, like recent footprints in the mud, and I'm like, fuck, footprints, my asshole would fall right out of my body, man, if I seen that. You know, the way when you shit yourself and you just, like, not actually shit yourself, but you get a fright, and you you're, feel as if your insides just sink. You ever felt that before? Uh, I think so. Yeah. You know, you know, like say you're walking down like Glasgow uh, like at night, and you're not like fully like super steaming that you don't even give a fuck what's going. You're, you're still kind of aware, and you hear a group of Neds, and you hear a group of Neds shout at you. And you just think, oh fuck. You know that way. You just think, <laughs> how's it going to go? Are you are you admitting that you shit yourself uh, when you're confronted by youths? Fuck I man. <laughs> not now. The youths are all be fucking posers, man. Hi, I know that's true. Youths were way different back in the day when they could actually like stab you. Yeah. Now, now they're just too like too preoccupied with their hair and eyebrows and all that. I, I was having this conversation earlier. That's why this is so <laughs> fresh. Like literally, they've got to bring back the Ned to keep like people like me in check. I wouldn't dress the way I currently dress back in the day because I would get barred. Yeah, I know. I agree. You can't. You can't let people like me like get away with it. You've got. You've got. <laughs> you've got. <laughs> Kick us down. Um, do, do you remember that wee uh, cartoon, cartoon about, uh, and it was like a goth, a goth, and it was a, uh, it was at a bus stop, and then these wee dudes come up and smash his head a brick. Right. <laughs> I'm fucking terrifying me. I thought that could actually happen to me when I got. Because <laughs> we cartoon goth looked exactly like you. <laughs> In my emo days. <laughs> um, right, so so this is when you get a scene. They decide to fuck off away from the footprints and away from the second cabin. And I think you get another one of these long shots that you were talking about, where it, it, it shows you like the thick woods, and it just kind of slowly zooms in, and then out like maybe towards the right hand side of the screen, you start to see your, your characters moving through as if they're hiking through. They were like you know, so they're they're actually in this thick woods, and they walk across and they walk out of frame, and then in the background. You don't notice it until it starts moving, but the beast, whatever it is that he's been seeing, moves, and you just kind of catch a glimpse of it before it cuts to the next frame. And it was like that's actually quite good because you're watching your characters walk across the main floor over the from uh, left to right, uh, no sorry, right to left, and then back over at the right hand side of the screen, something moves and it cuts away, and you're like that's that's good. Yeah, because because you don't know what it is at all. Yeah, the idea in your head's way worse than what they could show you on screen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree that those bits of the movie, the actual way it's directed is really, really, really good. Like, it, it builds up the tension and the fear and the kind of suspense really well done for being, I can't, for having such a kind of weak, calling it weak is quite mean, for having a kind of slightly weak script, uh-huh. uh, those shots are what make it because even if you're not fully invested in the characters, you do then think, like the way you say, like your stomach's about to fall, you're like, oh fuck, what, what was that? What was that creeping behind them? Yeah, 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 I agree with you. Um, so it's at this point that you see that um, Rafe starts to fully take charge, and I'm thinking, is this him like, kind of redeeming himself from his guilt and from his lack of being able to do something about a terrifying situation in the past? Um, this is we'll see how that plays out. Uh, so 
this point, he decided this has been Dom moans and said he can't walk any further. So Rafe's like, ah, no, fuck it. I'm going to go up and check, like, have a, have a run across and see if I can see anything. And he eventually comes to a slight ending in the trees and he can see, like, the trees continue continue quite far. I think he can see the end of the woods, but it is still, like, a good, what, another fucking six, seven hours hiking, but, like, where we can see, but you can see some fire in the distance, and I was like, "Would you? Would you be suspicious of fire? Would you go towards it? Like, you don't know what that fire always, always be suspicious of fire." Scott. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, but he, he, he looks as if he was happy, as if he's right. That's what we're heading for. We're heading for that. That's that means people. But I'd be like, I, I don't really know what that means. If you've been lost for a while, though, it would prove that, like, right, at least there are other people, maybe people who know how to get out. So maybe. Maybe that actually would come into play, and you would think, "Oh, fire, good." Yeah, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so at some point in this, the arrogant one gets killed. I, I, I've not really wrote anything how that happens. I can't really actually remember how that happens. I think it's just to say, like, he goes missing and then they find him again, right. uh, hung up. And uh, he's and he's fully pan- he's fully dead. And so I was like, but you, you kind of you kind of half see it because I'm like I'm asking here like what what is it like a big tree monster? Because you you kind of you must see like a wee bit to see what it is. But I guess that that's something that's never really answered. Yeah, it is a big tree monster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So this they, they walk towards the fire and they find this wee kind of cult pagan village of supposed supposedly Swedish folk who are praying to this tree monster god and uh, the two of them there's only two of them left it's only Dom and Rafe and they get kidnapped or captured and they're tied up and uh, they take Dom first to, to, to go for the ritual or in fact that's this isn't the ritual because the ritual gets sort of explained later this is just to be sacrificed and uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're setting up a big kind of Y-shaped cross if you will like a like a crucifixion as like and you see him like you see him walking out towards the cross and he took his, his arms over two of these swedish guys and they're helping him walk because either because he's sprained ankle or, or because or because he's a bit weak because he's been lost in the woods i'm like if i was being led to be crucified i would not be helping by walking i would be as awkward as fuck like i would be pissing shit myself i was like does that fuck up your ritual you fuckers i'd be like rolling about the floor i would just be like i don't know i would i'd be going absolutely mental <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I, I fully agree with you. <laughs> so we, we see uh, Rafe starts to go... You've came a long way from how you would <laughs> stand up for your honour and you would fight uh, fight whatever and you would get mirrors and you would reflect the light to uh, get aeroplanes. So you've kind of, kind of flip-flopped there into I would shit myself and be rolled <laughs> about the ground. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's moving from season one to season eight of uh, Scott Gets Lost in the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, Rafe can see through a wee hole in his in his kind of cabin cell that he's been locked in, and he can see roughly what's happening to his pal. And uh, he breaks his thumb, or he dislocates his thumb to get out his handcuffs. And I'm thinking, could you do that? Like, how would it need to be some se- severe situation that you would be able to break your thumb, or would you never be able to do that? I I don't think I'd be able to. I'm too, I'm too much of a shitbag as well. I like I'd I keep thinking I was doing it. I keep thinking what I was doing was really painful and close to breaking, but I think my pain threshold is nil. So <laughs> what I would be doing is actually just bending my thumb back. <laughs> would you? Would you be able to snap it? I don't know because I don't know how much force you need to put in, and I don't know. You need to be 
really fearing death. Like I think I've actually got really quite a high pain threshold, but what I don't have, I've got a really low pain anxiety, like pain anticipation threshold. Like see me thinking about pain, I'm fucking terrified of it. And then until afterwards, you know what I mean? Like see if see if I'd been punched in the face like a hundred times growing up, I'd have been like a hiding bit. Like see if somebody was the robbers got to my pal in the shop, I'd be like, alright, moan then. But see, because I've never actually hmm. been punched in the face, I'm terrified of being punched in the face. Do you know what I mean? Even though I probably never could handle it. Do you want me to punch you in the face to help you out? No, you're alright. When you back to that, so I don't think I can throw a punch. <laughs> it's probably safer to take a punch for me than anyone in the world. <laughs> right, so, so um, he breaks his thumb to get out the handcuffs, and uh, you think, okay, here we go, this is like the end of The Hills of Eyes, the remake, so we've got to get something happening here. And then uh, the big tree monster comes out and eats Dom. <laughs> yep. I was like, Dom is a big pain in the ass, but I thought our Rafe was going to manage to save him and get some redemption. But no, all his pals are pan breed. <laughs> Which then led me to think that, is this all in his head? Is this purgatory? Is this hell? Is this one of those films? Uh, but it wasn't. They basically say that he's the chosen one because of this mark he's got on his chest. Uh, and then he's got the chance to kneel before it and become one of these pagans and worship the tree god. And I'd be like, they're like, you will kneel before it. And I'd be like, well, I fuck. And then, uh, like, he just, he just, he walks into this, he gets out his, his kind of cell and he walks up into his room that you can hear these really creepy voices coming from. And it's like these weird scarecrow doll things. I don't know. It's like kind of like the statue in old head that they seen earlier on. And he looks at them and then one of them starts to kind of move. And they just cam. He just calmly sets these wee fuckers on fire, and then decks an old woman, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, something moves. Something moves. Some wee creepy thing moves, and I shot it when I was watching it. But basically, he sets like the village on fire, shoots a villager, and then steals an axe off another one who's shitting himself from the tree god thing. And he runs out. And he runs away, and uh, you see the reflection of the beast and against the the fire of the village, and it's kind of like. It's a cross between a deer and a, like a long neck, like a giraffe, and this big weird kind of face with hands thing. I was like, is it even worth trying to fight that thing? Big fucking jowl horns, and it's like, <laughs> it's like you see the cheeks. It's got fucking arms and hands. It's weird. And uh, see, it's, it's not worth fighting it at all. <laughs> no, and see that's 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 the thing because it's standing holding up one of the pagans, trying to crush the pagan's head, and then he shoots it for a bit. You know, like fifty feet away, he literally could have just fucked off at that point. But no, he lets it lets it know where he is. And this is when he's running through the woods, and then it, the woods changes back into the shop again, and he's having to run through it. And I'm like, so is it like a kind of face your fear sort of redemption? Uh, still won't bring his pals back. <laughs> if you were in that situation and he said, right, you've got to you've got to be the, like bow to the tree god, would you bow to the tree god? I would. Do you know? I don't know if I would. I'd probably be so fucking overwhelmed by how bizarre and ridiculously improbable the situation is that I would probably just, I, I would, I'd just probably just go insane. I'd, I'd be like the last in Evil Dead. I'd be like, about the G God, G God can fuck me if he wants because <laughs> I am not, I am not fighting that thing. I, I'd have my pants off and I'd be lying on the floor just like that. Come on, <laughs> let's get this done because. I'm never going to beat you. I'm never getting out of these woods. All my pals are dead. I might as well get fucked to death by a tree. Just bend it over, pushing your wee butt cheeks apart, just letting the letting the branches just slowly penetrate. <laughs> Do you know, I, 
puss in your wee butt cheeks <laughs> is probably the thing that you have said most in 73 episodes. <laughs> the, to the point that if we ever do Scott and the Invest Evil t-shirts, it's going to have to say in the back, puss your wee butt cheeks and listen to Scott and the Invest Evil. I think that'd be quite good. I think I'd go with that. I might, I might actually cut that. As in, cut that out and say that Tim does our promo. <laughs> Push your little butt cheeks, listen to Scotland versus Evil. That's it. <laughs> That's all you need to say. I, I think our, our listeners would be phenomenal. I think so. <laughs> uh, so it, it picks him up by the head. This thing catches and picks him up by the head the way that it picked up another couple of people and tried to come. I think it's the way it killed Dom, squashed his head like a wee pee. Um, and then for some reason, because he's got this mark on his chest, it drops him and he drops into a kneeling position. And the tree god thinks that he's bound towards him, so it kind of steps back off him and as if say, right, fine. And it changes its its, it's weird hand cheeks things changes into like like a almost like a certain god a shape like a Vishnu or something. It's like got four arms, uh, and then he takes the axe that he stole off one of the pagans a minute ago and whacks it right in the right in the face. Now, see if you're going to hit something that big with a wee axe, you're going to need to keep hitting it because he just hits it once and then fucks off. But that's enough, isn't it? Because he gets out of the woods and then sees a car driving and it's like credits. Yeah. Do you think he got out? Um, well, when you were saying there about it could be like a kind of purg- purgatory movie, I thought that actually still could stand. Maybe a bit like Triangle where he, like, he drives away and then... He just wakes up and he's... Basically, I wakes yeah. up in the tent again. Yeah. Or that could be his purgatory, he's faced it, so... And then decide whether he's going to heaven or hell from there. Maybe. I like to think the tree monster just like gets back up, comes out, fucking wipes him out, wipes the car off the road, and that's it. Aye, like he thinks he's safe and just just grabs him and just pulls him back in. Right, just fucking lobs him out the woods. Doesn't he want to eat him anymore? No. He's, just, he's that raging that he's been axed that he just picks the car up with his big tree hands and just fucks it away in the distance. I kind of think because I keep picturing like it's Groot, but Groot could probably fit this guy as well and just actually be like, like see in real life, like Groot could be this killer or this, this tree god. In real life, I don't think there would be a big giant tree god. No. <laughs> no, in real life, I think that uh, this wouldn't exist. Well, yeah, well, that's true. Well, I don't know because you've seen some of the IMDb reviews. There, he knows the, you know, the the lore of Sweden. Ah, true. I can't believe two of them actually turned into proper uh, tourist invites to Sweden. Like this movie is quite good, but it does not do Sweden justice. So come to Sweden and see our scary things. But only come to Sweden if you're Swedish. We don't like anybody. Where you can watch TV with only Swedish actors, <laughs> and watch movies with only Swedish actors. Uh, so yeah, that was the, that was the ritual. What did you think overall? Then do you want my summation? It's actually quite a big summation this time. Yeah, it was your pick, so you go first. Right. Uh, this is this is written literally as the credits started rolling. I like that movie. It keeps you in the dark, literally and figuratively, because I couldn't see it. And again, this is another dark movie. I couldn't see what actually was happening. Uh, literally and figuratively, not really showing you the monster, even at the end. The full scale of the beast is still somewhat hidden. Its reasons for existing and its motivations are still shrouded in mystery, and I like that about it. I think Rafe Spall plays a blinder, as always. He's come a long way since the fat, you got rid on you, 17-year-old in Shaun of the Dead. Although his dad is Timothy Spall, so a few doors were already open to him. Uh, his pals all play great roles as well. There's no full character redemption in terms of his guilt for letting his friend die, and while he was braver in the woods, it wasn't his fault, the other three pals still died. I guess the death of the first friend was just the catalyst to get them into the Swedish woods and not actually the driving force of his character, and I'm actually okay with that. 
Uh, I thought it was a lovely beast design, a lovely cabin in the woods feel. <laughs> and, uh, I thought it was a lovely beast yeah, design. <laughs> lovely beast design, lovely cabin in the woods feel, and lovely pagan cult ritual as well. Solid movie, thoroughly enjoyed it. Eight naked praise out of ten. Eight? Eight. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was a movie that I was excited to see, but I had heard a lot of people complain about the ending, which kind of put me off. Watching it, I can see where they're coming from, although I think it gets more hate than it actually should. Uh-huh. Uh, the cinematography, some of the, the scene transitions were stunning. Like, kind of so nice that it totally kind of blew me away. I wasn't expecting that from this kind of British kind of little horror. The acting was good. I thought the characters were quite weak in t- at times. Uh, everything was kind of, they were all made to be extremes of the the caricature that they're portraying and the ending seemed a little bit silly like it may be too far too much of a disbelief that I don't know for, for how how tense and kind of how much fear it built up throughout the, the start of the film I think if it hadn't really shown you the monster and it was just these kind of cultists and they were going to be sacrificed, I think that would be way scarier than actually showing you the big tree monster. Uh, but overall enjoyable, and it does not make me want to go to Sweden. It makes me want to go to Romania where it was filmed. So <laughs> fuck you, Sweden. Uh, and I would give it a, a lower 7 out of 10. Alright, alright. By lower 7, I mean 6.5, but if I start... Putting yeah. halves in out of ten, then we might as well review it at twenty, and that's just madness. <laughs> what up, fuckers? It's Bam Margera here from Jackass and Viva La Bam, and you are listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. So, have you been watching anything else? I have not been watching anything else. I've been watching Love Island. I know you don't like talking about that, but I have. I've been watching... Uh, there was a there was a TV show on Netflix that i seen. It was a, a cartoon. It was called Final Space. And I thought, I'll give that a go. It looks as if it could have been the same as that uh, one with the high schoolers and the imaginary friend with a couple of guys from the league in it. Remember that one? I can't what it's called. Yeah, oh, big yeah. I thought it looks as if it could be similar to that. Something along the lines of like Rick and Morty. Something funny. But when it started... Some of the jokes just weren't funny, and I just realised that it was literally just a cartoon ripoff of Red Dwarf for an American audience. And I thought, nah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go with that. Um, so other than that, I've not. So I, said, I, actually, I actually done the same. I, I started watching it because you know I fucking love cartoons. Yeah. And yeah, about quarter of the way through the first episode, I was like, nah, it's just falling too flat. Yeah, aye, that was exactly the same. Um, and that is pretty much all I've watched. To be honest with you, I've I've been watching uh, Daft uh, Facebook viral videos and that. Like I was watching that. We one. seen that one. You one with the Irish lassie, uh, the, wee, the wee toddler. No. <laughs> I was watching it before. I can. It's just it's one of the, like the best Irish accents. It's like a. Uh, how does she say it? She was like, I know you who bit my head. She's uh, oh, honey, who, who, who bit your head? She's like, Chucky. Fucking Chucky! <laughs> she's obviously like she's about three years old and she's watched child play and she's fucking convinced Chucky's better head. That's daft. It's cute. I think there's some questions to be asked of those parents if she's watched Chucky and she's three. Oh, definitely. I think also the fact that she's swearing. Uh, it's, it's Ireland, man. <laughs> I'm just going to say it is, it is Irish. <laughs> uh, uh, well, have you seen the trailer or heard anything about the, the 
I keep it's the new Netflix documentary. I keep calling it Dirty Tourist, which makes it sound like it's you, like you're in toilets just taking photos. But it's called it's called Dark Tourist. I see you talk about this on uh, on on the group, and uh, I jumped into one of the episodes. I don't know, I don't remember really taking anything from it. So, but I am going to give it a go because you seem to think it was interesting enough to. As he's basically the kind of the Kiwi Lou through, and he just. He's kind of fascinated with this dark tourism with people that want to go to fucking uh, Fukushima or uh, Chernobyl. People want to do dark things. People want to go to these kind of disaster zones, war zones. People want to visit Syria to see like the war happening. So each episode focuses on a, a place or like kind of one episode's like the stands. So he goes to Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, uh, and. It is really genuinely interesting. The first two episodes are good, but it seems like he's doing too much. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not really taking a whole lot from it. And in episode three, it goes to the States, and the characters he meets there are fucking wild. Like, America, you need to get a grip, because how people like this can just coexist with the rest of you and not seem that weird to other Americans is mind-blowing. What Absolutely. proper like kind of racist hillbillies and stuff, or no more like just fucking weird. There's like a group of vampires they meet, and <laughs> uh, it's it's a uh, yeah, but exactly. And <laughs> um, one thing is that they they visit each other's houses and have like a vampire dinner party, and they've just got a, a wee young guy there who's like quite excited to be there, and he goes up, strips off in the bath with the main guy, and the kind of documentarians like, great. So so what's going on? Is this like what is this? This sexual that? The guy's like, oh, no, no, I'm, uh, I'm straight. Well, I, I come in straight. The guy just bites him in the back to draw the blood, and he, like, squeezes the blood out, and that's him, like, changing into a vampire. <laughs> and it's as if it's fucking normal. I'm like, no. No, world. Go to bed. <laughs> Go to bed. You've been awake too long. This is fucking wild. We've got a guy who runs uh, JFK tours, like, as in he drives a fake, a replica of the car JFK gets shot in and goes round the fucking grassy and all, but it then turns out he's actually a total fucking conspiracy theorist, and his tour lasts like nine hours. <laughs> it's just him and you walking around the street as he tells you about all the fucking conspiracies, and everything's out to get him. And I would, wild. I would go on that tour in a fucking second. And you would enjoy it, especially at the fucking start of this episode. He actually sounds like you. Did, but did, there's nobody else is really reacting to how fucking weird the guy is. Did you ever see the picture that I, I screenshotted from Google Earth when I took uh, the Google Street View down Elm Street in Dallas and looked at the grassy knoll? No. Uh, it's so good. Uh, when this episode drops, I'll put that picture up on in the group because I've still got it. It's, it's honestly it's so cool. Is it? It's just the grassy knoll I take it, or is there somebody on it? There's somebody on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. Well, you can. But uh, the, the rest of the series. Uh, it's well worth a watch. They're like 40 minute episodes. It's interesting. It is Louis through The guy's kind of sarcastic. He doesn't believe in all the shit that people are saying. And he kind of confronts him with it. He, he is funny. And I say some of the characters are just mind boggling. And it's well worth a watch on Netflix. UK. Yeah, I will. So I will. I'll give it a watch. Uh, but other than that, I have watched nothing else. Yeah. That brings us to the end of the show. What are you on uh, for the next week? Just work. Work, aye. 
I've got um, I've got two shifts to go before I get one day off before I go back in for another three shifts. So it's all fun and games until I collapse in a, p- a hell pile of exhaustion. It's like a fucking Gap sweatshop in Thailand, man. The way you work. Is, it's so honestly, it's great. You come home, right? You come home at the back of eight, but by the time you get home and kind of settle and get your dinner, you're talking about the back of nine, and obviously, like taking recording podcast episodes aside, it's like. You know, you're back then you think that's me winding down to go to sleep, and then your alarm goes off at five in the morning. And it's literally like that's all you've got time for. You wake up, you go to work, you come home, you go to bed, you wake up, you go to work. Honestly, it's crap, but I'm just doing it. Some some of these are extra shifts. So I was only supposed to work three shifts this week, and I've taken two extra shifts. So it's something. So it's, it's your own fault. I mean, it's my own fault, yeah, but I need the money. Yeah, I see that it was like a, a, a gap sweatshop in Thailand, but it's amazingly less sexy. And I'm uh, getting paid. I'm getting paid considerably more money than the uh, people in a sweatshop in Thailand are getting paid. <laughs> at least, true. at least I know that. Yeah, I'm much the same. Just I'm not going to sing it, but work. We've uh, got to start pretending that we're way cooler and we do way more things. Didn't just work. Right. Okay. But the time, the time we re- record the next episode, I'll have some. I'll have. We'll have some really cool stories for you. For all y'all to listen to. That um that just show how cool we are and what we've been up to. Yeah, well, let's kill off Scott and Liam in this episode. In the next episode, we come back. It's just two totally different people that are well fun. Yeah, alter egos like that movie, The New Boy. What fucking movie is that? The uh, The New Kid, I think it's called. Uh, it was that movie with DJ Squalls. You know when he's. Like, oh right, yeah, yeah. When he gets expelled from school. Yeah. That was a, why, why would you name drop that was a, <laughs> well, it wasn't actually awful there was a wee bit endearing about it but why the fuck would you shoot on that movie into this episode well I already, I already dropped Road Trip into this episode so that's two DJ Squalls mov- movies that I've put into one episode so maybe that's just a game I like to play with you you don't even realise I'm playing it <laughs> <laughs> that warrants him now getting tagged in this episode <laughs> definitely I. and he'll probably listen to the full thing and realise that it's just two shitty mentions <laughs> At least so we've got to this point, we are sorry. Aye, at least we don't say anything bad about him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Uh, so next week will be my pick. Or are we, are we, have we fallen in with the group yet? Are we going to give them a pick? No, yet. Or should yeah. we? It's still too, no. <laughs> it's too, way too soon. I was actually trying to upload some of the old episode posters the other day. And I, I was on like, whatever it was, 71. I was going through my phone going, fuck, what was 71? And then I seen it and I was like, Oh, that piece of absolute <laughs> fucking nonsense. And it made me angry again. It's the only movie that can literally make me still angry a month later. It's not even uh, it's not even so bad it was good, it was just it was it was literally it was revolting. It was dead. <laughs> I would literally want, it, I would much rather prefer to like review Serbian film and then all the human centipedes for the next bunch of episodes <laughs> than ever watch I Know Who Killed Me ever again. I'd rather partake in a live action human centipede in <laughs> Serbian film and fucking watch that again. Uh, so, yeah, next week will be my pick. I'll pick something hilarious and brilliant, as always. I'm sure you're excited. I'm so excited. Uh, you can tell. Yeah. Activity in the group is still up, still fun, still an interesting place to be. So, if you're not already in it, get over there and join in. Stop being weird. Absolutely. You can find the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Scott and Liam versus evil. Or if you search Scott and Liam versus evil in the Facebook search, it will, it will come up. Um, you can get us on Twitter at Scott and Liam versus. You can get us on Instagram at Scott and Liam versus evil. And if you 
still actually send emails, which is now like the forgotten way of communicating. It's scotlandleeinvestorsevil.hotmail.com. But uh, get in touch with us somewhere. You can still request movies if you've actually, you don't need to wait for a group pick. If you've got a movie you want us to review, email it to us, message it to us, say it in the group, and we'll consider it. If it's a good if it's a good pick, then yeah, we'll, we'll pick it. If it's shite, then we'll tell you and we'll make fun of you. But, you know, <laughs> come and get involved. If the pick com- if the email pick comes from anyone that picked that Lindsay Lohan movie, <laughs> then I'm going to click and drag that bitch right into the fucking recycling bin. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Just get ready for work, 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 work. It's to me, I be work.